This week on Friday Night History, Zundamochi, the house of Date, a field expedient dessert, and a culinary sense born from war. Salutations, you fantastic denizens of the internet. This is Dr. Nairi A. Bakalian, and you are listening to Friday Night History, your favorite historical romp with your favorite history dyke. Zundamochi. Food and food supply is an important part of winning a war. After all, a saying attributed to either Frederick the Great or Napoleon Bonaparte has it that an army marches on its stomach. Meanwhile, in the 16th century, the warlord and first of Japan's three great unifiers, Oda Nobunaga, also observed that if your stomach hurts, you can't go to war. Therefore, in the interest of going to war with the best food and food-adjacent equipment for supporting an army on the march, there has been always innovation in military cuisine because soldiers are human, and regardless of era, food has always been a basic human need. In the U.S. Army, these needs are currently overseen by the Soldier Sustainment Directorate, which is a part of Combat Capabilities Development Command Soldier Center, which is in turn a tenant unit of the United States Army Natick Soldier Systems Center in Natick, Massachusetts. The Soldier Sustainment Directorate describes its mission as follows, quote, The Soldier Center's Sustainment Directorate executes customer-focused research, development, engineering, and testing to ensure warfighters are equipped with the state-of-the-art equipment cap capabilities. The Directorate is focused on developing novel capabilities and providing engineering support in the aerial delivery combat feeding, and expeditionary maneuver disciplines, unquote. In other words, driving innovation in military food and rations is positioned alongside innovations in aerial delivery as one form of delivery that for food as well as for other needed supplies, as well as engineering support for manufacturing things like walls and tents and other things necessary for housing in the field. So food is clearly an important point of interest for this particular present-day army, as it has been for others. Now, there are many cases of, in history of military needs that have driven culinary advancements that you probably would recognize, because these military innovations eventually work their way out into the broader civilian population after soldiers go home. Spam, Worcestershire sauce, Japanese curry, hot pot, and other foods we hardly bat an eyelash at today have their origins in military cuisine. If you'd like to learn more about U.S. military food innovation and how it influences U.S. food production and consumption in general, check out Anastasia Marx de Salcedo's 2015 book, Combat Ready Kitchen, How the U.S. Military Shapes the Way You Eat. Now, in last week's episode, we talked about how the Date clan's military needs for miso that tasted good and lasted for a long time drove the popularization of the variant of red miso that's now known as Sendai miso. But it isn't just staples that military exigencies and research is invested in. Sometimes, war will even make dessert. U.S. Meals Ready to Eat MREs include desserts like muffins, lemon pound cake, or cinnamon buns in shelf-stable packaging aimed at survivability and longevity before being opened for use. Meanwhile, larger unitized group ration A option, UGRA rations, that require some refrigeration and the support of a field kitchen, even feature things like cheesecake bites and pound cake. 
So, like I said last week, let's go to Sendai, and this time, let's talk dessert. Zundamochi remains popular as a local cuisine in Miyagi Prefecture in general, and Sendai in particular. It appears in different forms with slightly different names throughout northern Honshu, like Jinda or Jindan or Nuta, but it's ultimately all the same thing, and it's fundamentally very simple. It features mashed sweetened soybeans, edamame, made into a paste, and then served over pounded rice mochi. But as was the case last week with Sendai Miso, this too was a product of the Date armies and their culinary needs. Or so the story goes. And while it might not be obvious without some awareness of the local dialect, those origins are alluded to in its name. Tohoku dialects are sometimes called derisively Zuzu dialects because they have voiced consonants and uh, the phoneme zu frequently appears where it wouldn't in standard Japanese. For instance, mata, as in again, is read mazu in Sendai dialects. So while mochi is modern standard Japanese for a pounded rice cake, zunda is not. Well then, what was it? Turns out, this is unclear. But as a scholar of the House of Date and the lands that it inhabited, I can tell you the version of the story that I first heard. According to this version of the story, it comes down to the following. Zunda is a contraction of zundazu, more commonly known, especially to modern practitioners of Japanese martial arts, as jintachi, a campaign sword, a cavalry sword. Which raises the obvious subsequent question. Why name a dessert after a sword meant for use on campaign? Let's sidebar. In last week's episode, we talked a little bit about how Date Masamune was unusual among his lordly peers, owing to an interest in cooking. This is attested to in several period sources. One of them is the book Date Masamune Genkoroku, a collection of his off-the-cuff comments on history, life, and current events, along with observations about his life and the circumstances of his private living accommodations and daily schedule, compiled by Kimura Uemon, who was his close attendant later in life. Another is Masamune-ki, Masamune's first biography, written in 1638, just a few years after his death, by his cousin, Date Shigezane. Masamune-ki begins with the man's earliest campaigns and chronicles the rest of his career. And while the battles are front and center, especially in the earlier chapters, this biography also includes reproduced correspondence, commentary on how the locations of some things have changed over time, weather, and human intervention, rearranging the terrain, and also commentary on fine details of things, like food that was served in a given setting. We can even see a glimpse of Masamune's philosophy about food in his last will to his descendants. It's short, so I think it bears quoting in full here. Japanese first, and then my own translation. Jin ni sugureba yoku naru, gi ni sugureba kataku naru, rei ni sugureba hetsuraitu naru, ちにすぐれば嘘をつく。真にすぐれば損をする。金額心穏やかにして、如実に剣役を用いて金を備うべし。剣役の仕方は不自由の忍びにあり。この世に客に来たと思えば何の苦労なし。朝夕の食事はう
今日の行を送り子孫兄弟によく挨拶してシャバのおいとま申すがよし Excessive benevolence will lead to weakness. Excessive rectitude will lead to hardness. Excessive ceremony will lead to flattery. Excessive wisdom will lead to lying. Excessive faith will lead to damage. Have great patience and a calm heart and be thrifty. Set aside money for all eventualities. The means to thrift is by enduring inconvenience. If you treat your place in this world as that of a guest, then you will have no trouble. Even if your meals are not tasty, praise them and eat them. If you treat your usual place in this world as that of a guest, then you will find no room for likes and dislikes. Do today what you can do today, keep up with your family ties, and when your time comes at last, take leave of the world. Note that line near the end there. Even if your meals are not tasty, praise them and eat them. This seems a little strange when you consider that Masamune is also the man who is on record as having fussed over the specifics of preparation and seasonality of which foods to present in the meals served at official functions and major holidays, and was often involved in their preparation. But I think it likely speaks to his experience as someone who was a product of an era of constant warfare. If war is always somewhere in your peripheral vision, then when it comes to your everyday food, does it matter whether or not it tastes great? Whether or not you're actually on the battlefield or in encampment or at home in the castle town, flavor may be ideal, but what matters most is nutrition and being able to get back to work, and if necessary, being able to get back to the fight. So, with all of that said, let's circle back to Zunda and pick up with the Date version of the story. This version has it that while on campaign, Masamune improvised this dessert in the field. Smashing the boiled enamame into a paste with the flat of his sword, in which form it could easily be served over mochi. Because he used a jintachi in the local dialect, this became zundatsu. From thence we get the modern word zunda. While there are a number of different versions of zunda mochi's origin that dispute Dispute this, I think that given Masamune's attested interest in cooking, according to multiple sources, including his own words recorded by others, the story is at least plausible, even if it isn't actually uncontested. Is it true? I don't know if it is. Does one single version of the story particularly matter as long as there's zundamochi to eat? I'd say no. Now, unlike Sendai Miso, Zundamochi is a little easier to make from scratch because its ingredients are a little bit more ubiquitous. If you can find edamame and mochi, you can make it right at home. Hey, after all, it was a field expedient dessert. Here's a recipe for reference for those of you who want to give making this a shot. For the podcast listeners, follow the link in the blog post. And let me back up a moment here and just try to be absolutely clear. Just to be absolutely positively clear, don't make it with a sword. Please, 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 please spare your sword and spare your kitchen. We have modern tools actually made for the kitchen that can do what you need to do to make Zunda happen. But if for some unfathomable reason you do make it with a sword, please don't. Rest assured that I marvel at your badassery and single-minded dedication in the pursuit of this field-expedient historical dessert. At least, according to one version of its origin story. I'm Nairi, and this has been Friday Night History. Now, questions?
Friday Night History is a weekly historical romp with me, your favorite history dyke, Dr. Nairi A. Bakalian. Our theme is Buga Blue, written by Craig Friedrich, performed by the U.S. Army Blues, and available royalty-free at pixabay.com music. This and more is made possible by listeners like you to support Friday Night History and the rest of my work. Sign up today at patreon.com slash riversidewings. That's all for this week of Friday Night History. Next week, Gyutan, an enterprising Sendai chef, the U.S. military's occupation-era supply chain, and a culinary delight that endures to the present. Hope to see you there. And remember, who you are and what lights your fire is worth fighting for. I'll see you around. <laughs>